Welcome to the Think Differently and Deeply podcast series. My name is Glenn Whitman, and I direct the Center for Transformative Teaching and Learning at St. Andrew's Episcopal School. This season of the Think Differently and Deeply podcast will connect you with the exceptional educators who authored articles for volume four of Think Differently and Deeply. And we'll also give you a glimpse of their experience with distance learning during the COVID-19 pandemic. However, today I'm proud to welcome a graduate of St. Andrews who has taught me a lot about the student experience. Sarah Schwartz is a member of St. Andrews class of 2020 and a CTTL Finn Family Student Research Fellow. She was also named an extraordinary teen by Bethesda Magazine in part of her activism around immigration. We'll be talking about her article on balancing school activities, family, friends, college apps, and well-being during a typical school year, but also now during distance learning and social distancing. Welcome, Sarah, to the CTTL podcast. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. And you got, it looks like you have like the biggest cup of tea to get you through our conversation. So uh, 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 I'm excited course. about that. Um, <laughs> I remember the exact moment and place when I asked you to uh, write this article. I don't know if you do, um, but you were sitting around a table with our St. Andrews faculty. You, we were in our dance studio. Um, oh, yeah. You, and you had, you said the comment, uh, and I don't know if this is exact, but it's pretty close, that all throughout high school, I've been chasing sleep. Yeah. When I heard that mm-hmm. phrase, chasing sleep, I was like, that's an article for, C- for the magazine. <laughs> so I'm curious, what was your thought about being even asked? Uh, you're one of the four students who wrote for this issue of Think Feeling <laughs> Deeply. What was your thoughts of being asked by this you know, wacky teacher and director of the center to write for the uh, magazine? Well, honestly, I was really excited. You know, I might not be like the very deeply involved in like the science side of uh, St. Andrews all the time, but I am involved in like the learning side and I'm involved in the teaching side. So I was really excited and hoping that that came out and that showed up in the article. Um, And I was really excited to have uh, to have my voice as like a CGTL fellow reach a wider audience. So that was really exciting. No, it's great. And, and as you as you know or might not know, we we distribute this publication around the world for teachers more than uh, 20,000 of the first four volumes. So you are uh, hopefully we'll make you famous, Sarah. Um uh, and when we get back together in person, I'll have you uh, sign it. This will be your first book signing. Um talk to me a little bit about your writing process. I mean, um you know, okay, so you were you were offered this opportunity to write um, you know, what did it look like to get us a draft, our team a draft, and what was your writing process? Yeah, well, so the very first thing I was thinking about was um, my primary audience, honestly, being the teachers that were there that day. So I don't know if you remember the conversation that was happening that day, but we were all sitting around the table and you, we were having student CTTL fellows. Um, kind of answer questions and concerns um, from the teachers about the schedule and also kind of explain what maybe works for students and why it works for students that teachers wouldn't really um, see as working for them. So one of those things was time by design. And um, can I, so let me just, let me just jump in for one second. Just so for those people in the audience who are listening around the world, hopefully, um, (laughs) Sarah and other CTTL student research fellows were brought in because we were launching a new daily schedule for the school. 
And what we built into that schedule was on many Wednesdays, we would start school later, actually an hour later at 930. And we call this time by design, which was an opportunity for students to follow some passions, come onto campus early to do some work or um, to sleep in. So I just want to make sure everybody yeah. understood what you were you were talking about, Sarah. So, uh, so yeah, talk, talk a little bit about that. Yeah. I think so they were kind of frustrated because even though they were offering all these things, most of the students were choosing to sleep in. And so they saw that as, why are we giving them this time if they're not going to use it productively? So that's when I said, you know, for me, as I was a junior at the time, in my height of sleep deprivation, being crushed by college applications, extracurriculars, sometimes sleeping in is the most productive things I, thing I can do. You know, as a high school junior, I am always, and now senior, and really throughout my entire high school career, I am always chasing sleep. And so if I can get a day where I can actually attain that, uh, attain that goal, that's, um, that's productive to me. And so that was kind of the lens point, the lens that I was going at it from kind of explaining why sleep, why sleeping in one day and using it to do none of the extracurricular things, uh, and none of the options and using that time for none of those options, uh, was actually the most productive option. Right. And so when um, you write, when you write though, my question would be, did you just do, do you write notes? Do you, what, what was the next step? So you oh, had yeah. it. I love that you, I love <laughs> my your writing audience. process. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I'm somebody who's been, who, cha- who is always challenged with like executive functioning. So I have like a system, you know, I've got steps I have to take in order for this to go well. So right. for me, it starts as, you know, there's going to be a brain dump of like, here's my emotions as a student. Here's what I am constantly experiencing on a daily basis and what I see my peers experiencing. Like, this is what we feel. So there's like a brain dump of all of these things I'm feeling and all the things that I'm seeing on this topic. Then um, I went on to do a bunch of research on my own, which was very exciting because I hadn't done as much scientific-based research, um, but I'd done plenty of research for especially my history classes before. and I was researching uh, on NIH and the uh, NeuroTeach um, CTL's book. And that's plug, actually great about. plug. Thank you. Keep plugging that yeah. book. <laughs> yeah, I plug NeuroTeach right here. <laughs> it's a great source for this article. Yeah. Um, about why I'm feeling all these things and what's actually happening when I get sleep, what's happening when I don't get sleep, and really all through the lens of how is sleep impacting learning. Um, and then, of course, you know, you got to make an outline and write, start writing drafts. <laughs> Great. No, it's good. And it worked out. And, um, and, and, and I just, again, it was so, I was so appreciated you jumped into this opportunity. So um, you got to live the new daily schedule with this time by design chunk for about yeah. a, a, a little over well, a full school year, your junior year. Um, and part of your senior year until we, you know, broke uh, and went to a, a St. Andrews fully online because of COVID-19. What, you know, what, what was it like then? So you got to live it. Did it, yeah, really, make so, it, did it really make a and difference? And um, important to mention, I lived the old schedule for a long time. Right, because um, you started at St. Andrews in what grade? What, when, when did you start? Sixth grade, yeah. yeah. So talk to me about the, the lived experience when we were on campus of having the option of, of, of sleeping in um, for, for you. 
I remember being really great, to be honest, <laughs> in simple terms, great. And so in very simple terms, you have a day of the week that everyone comes to school and actually looks rested. <laughs> and I think that in itself is a bit of a miracle. Uh, every other day, you know, you're going through these routines, you've got a very constant workflow, very constant times of the day, you have to be awake, you know, all this going on. And then having that one day where, you know, you get to sleep in, in the morning, or maybe even I had days where I did in fact use it because I desperately needed help on my project or something like that. But I got to say, I think people were a little bit happier Wednesday morning. Right. You know, I, I think when we, I remember the discussions, we had a bunch of discussions as a faculty over this, like, wouldn't this just mean students will go to bed later? Um, Cause they could sleep in and would there be a net real gain in, in sleep hours, which as you reference in your, in your article, right. The teenage brain needs, you know, nine to 10 hours consistently um, uh, for their well-being. Um, we also know, as you mentioned in your article, that the brain is working and consolidating memory during a time, but did it, did it really change your, your, your sleep patterns? Do you think kids just went to bed later or just thoughts? Um, you know, I can't speak for everyone because I think each student is going to have a different reality to that answer. Um, I'd say for the most part, you know, a lot of us have that body clock that tells us this is when I'm going to bed. Right. <laughs> and right. I think a lot of us, we're still going to bed that same time. It's just, ha- it just so happens that now we've got an extra um, hour to sleep. Right, right. So, and I, I, I can see you, you're enjoying, what's your cat's name? I just got to ask. I don't know if people are listening to this, this you won't be able to see Sammy. Sarah's cat. Nice. Excellent. Fantastic. Sam. Fantastic. He's pie. He has, he doesn't have much respect for space though. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> um, so let's talk about then this um, sleeping in the time of, of, of distance school. I mean, how, you know, starting right around you know, the end of March, our school, like schools around the world, transition to a hundred percent, you know, online. And that meant different yeah. things for different, but certainly, you know, your it would impact sleep for good or bad. I'm curious, what has been sleep and your, your sleep patterns uh, like during this time of, of, of schooling from a distance? I'd say when distance learning started, it was definitely hard to get to bed on time because my routine was all gone. You know, all the things that were supposed to happen throughout my day to make it, you know, full or to make me tired out, those were all gone. So that was very weird. And for different students, I think different students had different reactions to it. That is for sure. I think some, it got, I knew I was talking to some kids who, you know, we were saying like, Oh wow. Like I really got a full night of sleep last (laughs) night. I was able to get to everything. Like, this is wonderful. I'm waking up late. All I have to do to get from school, from my bed to school is like get up, go to the bathroom and go to the, and get breakfast. You know, it's, you've got like what was once a 45 minute process turned into a 15 minute process. And so I think in that sense, a lot of, for a lot of people we're gaining sleep because it's really nice. And then I think on the other hand, there is a lot of people experiencing it like me where like at the end of the day, I've got a lot of energy I haven't used (laughs) So I'm not quite tired out the way I once was. I'll right. be staying up a little bit later. Right. Um, yeah. So I no, think that was my dual. That was my personal issue with it was like trying to get myself to go to bed earlier. And then my body feeling like I haven't 
finished my day, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, again, you're right. You know, you, know, you, you don't have to trans, be transported to school. So you're gaining time in some ways um, in the morning. Uh, we had, we've been hearing, um, Dr. Keller and I and the CTTL team, that kids are going to bed later. It, it seems a rhythm. Um, but, you know, every day of the school uh, during distance learning actually starts at 9 a.m. Uh, and we've actually had some students say that, why don't we start 9 a.m. every day? I mean, you know, is, is you really believe in sleep? Uh, I'm not saying we're ready to make that leap, but uh, um, it certainly is giving kids a chance to sleep up uh, to, uh, even if they go to bed later to sleep in um, uh, a little more. Here is, um, help, you got to help me out though. So in your article, you're great, right? You, you got research, you got your own compelling story. We have the hardest time as educators convincing kids um, that they need to sleep, um, you know, um, that they need to not use their digital devices, which is a whole other article that uh, um, within a half hour, even hour of going to sleep, it actually, you know, you know, disrupts your circadian rhythm. How do we convince more kids? Because clearly you're, you've been convinced that, you know, you got to go to bed early um, and you got to strive for nine to 10 hours. Uh, any, any help with that would be greatly appreciated. <laughs> yeah, I know it's hard. It is. So, I mean, I can't even convince my friends sometimes is I think it's really hard to convince people to go to sleep because <clears throat> it seems like there's always something to stay awake for. I don't know if that makes sense, but it seems like there's always like a reason to stay awake. Um, and I think, uh, explaining the reasons to go to sleep are definitely imperative. I remember when I was doing my research, I was finding out things that I really didn't understand before, which was, you know, my, my preconceived notions was I need eight hours. And if I get seven hours, it's not so bad. If I get six, it's not so bad. You know, what doesn't kill me makes me stronger. You know, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to go bounce back. And I was doing the research where it's like, you know, your, uh, your body isn't going to function the same way. Right. I'd say when I did the research, uh, it showed me not only what I was already seeing in my day, you know, uh, lack of focus in class, tougher time with memory recall, you know, all these things that were already making me struggle as a student, but it showed me this is why, like, it's because of your sleep. It's not because of anything else. Right. And there's even more long-term effects and yeah, there's well, even yeah. more serious effects. And I think, and then also seeing that like for teenagers, the suggested time wasn't even that seven to eight hours that we say is like, okay, or right. passable for adults, but it's that nine and a half hours. Um, I like before I've been saying like, Oh, if I get, you know, six, seven hours, then like, I'm getting close enough. I'm getting close enough to having a full night of sleep. And I think seeing like, oh my goodness, that is not at all close enough was definitely a bit of a shock to me. <laughs> um, and so I was like, okay, I at least need to start going for eight hours. That right. needs to be my new minimum versus maximum. So I think that was first a mental shift I had to do. And then my second mental shift was like, this can have more severe impacts than me being tired. Um, this is affecting my learning, but also, you know, my health. So yep. I think that was kind of like, that was what made it feel more serious to me. It was seeing that like, it is the thing that's 
but uh, um, it was kind of like confirming what I already knew about how it affected my learning and then elaborating. Are there um, like, you, you, there's like 30 questions I have in my brain in this. This, could, this might be the yes. five out marathon podcast, but um, <laughs> you're, um, you're also, an, you know, you're an, you've been an amazing student at St. Andrews. You, you know, uh, and I want to talk a little bit about uh, athletics a bit. You know, you, you were a cross country team member yeah. and it gets me thinking about the, you know, athletes and sleep. And I didn't know if you made that connection. Like, did you feel like to be at your best performance and also physical health as a runner, uh, did you make any connections between your, oh, your, yeah. your own sleep needs? Maybe you slept more in the fall or tried to sleep more in the fall during cross country season, even though this last fall you were busy writing applications for, for college. <laughs> yeah. So I run both at St. Andrews, I ran both cross country and track. And, um, I'd say being an athlete, you, you, uh, you have to focus more on your sleep. You have to focus a lot more on your time management. Whenever I'm in sports season, how I'm spending my time after school is a lot more prominent because instead of coming home at, you know, maybe four o'clock, I'm coming home at six o'clock and that's like my go from there point in time and I'm coming home exhausted. Yeah. I'm not coming home like right and chipper. I'm coming home. Oh my God, I've just run five miles. I want to fall down and go to, like, I want to fall down on the couch. Sure. Um, so I think, well, for me, one of the things I ended up having to do to actually control my sleep was realize at that time of the night after sports practice, I'm not as productive as I think I am when it comes to my homework. And I spend way too much time, which means I'm going to be staying up later trying to get it done to compensate and sacrificing my sleep. And then it's going to make me like more tired the next day during practice and homework, et cetera. So I ended up telling myself what I, this is just my personal schedule, but during sports season, I actually would only do a little bit of my homework at night. And then I would wake up, I would go to bed early and wake up early to do the rest of my homework. So I think during sports season, there's a much more, conscious effort for a lot of athletes because you know if you show up to practice on five hours of sleep you are gonna feel like you're literally dying yeah I think it's a great point I mean I, I remember when I was the varsity girl soccer coach at school one of the questions I would all uh you know I didn't have I don't have good research on this but I often felt some of the injuries that some of our girls were facing um and when I would ask them about their sleep patterns I you know certainly an interesting thing thing to just to discuss, you know, I, I want to shift back to the idea of, you know, in our time by design, our new daily schedule, uh, we built in this space that t- students can choose to, you know, ride to school a little later and sleep in. Right. Um, what are there other ways teachers and schools can give students the, the opportunity to go to bed early? Uh, so I'll just give you one example. When we were thinking about all this work, um, you know, there was a radical idea, you know, homework keeps kids up, right? And a lot of schools are dealing with this, right? So uh, what if we, you know, there's some schools have gone to the point where they haven't been able to start school later, but they sort of said, we're, we're going to reduce homework load or give no homework at night. Uh, other, so I want to talk about homework. Does homework keep you up at night? Yeah, I think it keeps every student up at night. <laughs> Uh, whether you're using your time productively or not, when you're doing homework, you know, it's the thing that you feel like you have to get done or, you know, you're kind of 
part of my language screwed for the next day. Fair enough. Um, we won't bleep that out. That's a, that's an acceptable word, I think. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of pressure on homework. There's a lot of pressure to have it completed and right. have it done on time. Um, and, you know, I often am guilt. I was very guilty, especially during my junior year of sacrificing and during college application process of sacrificing sleep for homework. Right. Um, and definitely too, like, I know for me, I'd get into the cycle too of once I got too tired and like really sleep deprived, it would make that homework process at night even longer. Um, so then I'd have more homework and then I'd be more tired and it would all, and I'd lose more sleep because I needed to complete the same <laughs> amount of work, right. but at a much more distracted level. So, you know, I think, uh, homework, whether or not you think it's necessary has an impact on right. sleep. Right. Is there anything else though that, um, we might as a school or, um, teachers do to be more mindful of, of ways for you guys to choose to go to bed earlier? You might not, but um, I think one of the things is I always wished there was more coordination between teachers on, um, on what they knew was happening in our lives, uh, on what they knew was going on in our lives and what they knew we had to do after school. And sometimes that meant like, I wish my teachers knew that, you know, uh, so-and-so was planning their project for that day and their test for that day and their this and this and that for that day. So maybe, separate them throughout the week, uh, instead of put them all on one, instead of putting all your tests on one day. So sometimes it was like, I wish they knew when the deadlines were as to like create a more conducive workload. And I've had teachers before ask us, when are your deadlines? And that's been wonderful. Um, but I've also had, uh, I think there's also, you know, um, a lot of teachers don't know what after school looks like for us. So I think, you know, uh, thinking about who is being a little bit more conscious about, like, especially when you have sports season going on or when you have, um, when you have students who have to work after school or who have serious extracurricular engagements, you know, yeah. Or the full application process. Yeah. Gosh, during, uh, (laughs) College applications is a great yeah. example. Yeah. I've always, um, um, I've always thought, I remember the, the rumors, right? The junior year is the hardest. I always think the fall semester, the fall term of your, of mo- yes. for most college bound high schoolers, is, it's almost like another class at mo- or more of, you know, uh, of work. And I can imagine that impacting your sleep greatly. I was honestly very thankful St. Andrews said only take like this many classes. Right. Because it really is its own class in itself. And yeah. I think um, I had senior teachers, though, who were, uh, I don't know if they do this at all schools. And they just certainly, it was only some of my most, like it was majority of my classes. But I had a lot of teachers who were constantly making sure they were updated on the deadlines for college. Yeah. They were like, okay, this is when the eve, like, nobody should be planning anything for anywhere around November 1st. (laughs) It would be cool to have a little bit more communication between the teachers and the students as to what our lives um, look like and whether planning for three hours of homework that night, which I think would be considered 
normal and okay. Right. Um, two to like one to three hours. Yeah. Because they're yeah. okay. Like we're in that range is actually feasible for the night. Yeah. Yeah. In order I, to I, I, yeah. I, I think two, yeah, two, I think two might be the sweet spot. There's research about right diminishing returns and it's just becomes a compli- compliance. Um, I think your idea is great. I, I, um, and I know, you know, even we can do better at, you know, having very, uh, transparent public test calendars or project calendars. Um, and I, I, I love that idea. And that's a, that's, that's a great takeaway from this, um, conversation, but I'm curious what, um, what mindsets or habits do you think you're going to take uh, to Duke in the fall um, around this issue of sleep and um, you know your 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 physical health and your well being? Because um, because again, the college schedule is so different than, than the high school. But what 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 do you still think will be core in your thinking about going going to bed um, and sleeping and learning as a as a as a Duke student? Yeah, I think, um, I think this whole process, this whole, what I like to call the sleep experiment experiment for me during junior and senior year has taught me that I need to prioritize my sleep and I need to prioritize it first and foremost for my learning and my functioning, you know, it, when, whether I do and don't sleep, it has an impact on my day and has an impact on my education. Um, but it's also taught me that I need to know when is the time to admit I need to go to bed. And that's been, that was honestly a very big issue for me was I wouldn't admit that I needed to go to sleep. I wouldn't admit that like time for doing this project time for looking at my phone. It has, it's past. It's, it's not giving me anywhere anymore. You know, I need to admit that I need sleep more than I need to do this, this, and this. We've just got to go to bed and think about it in the morning. That was a big, big struggle, but really important. Um, And then I'd also say, thinking about sleep in terms of balancing your life is very important. Um, Sometimes you think about sleep as something that makes it harder to balance our life. You know, we've got so much going on. How on earth could we fit in this much time for sleep? Right. Um, Yet somehow, every time I get sleep, my life feels more balanced. Right. Um, and I think that was a big realization I had to make. And I think, uh, when I can, uh, when I can take care of my own body's health, I can take care of everything else that's going on in my life. I can take care of my extracurriculars. I can enjoy the things I'm doing in my life. Uh, for me, if I'm going to take on a lot, I have to enjoy it. That's a big thing. That's a big rule I live by. Um, you can take on a lot if you really love it. Um, and when you're well rested, you're going to love it a lot more. So uh, to be honest, I think that's like a perfect ending because it's a, it's almost a great public service announcement for, for students and, and, and adults. Um, uh, I think we're all more pleasurable and more engaged and probably more productive. Oh. Uh, <laughs> um, especially during this time of COVID-19, maybe our, maybe our siblings and parents and families uh, are more, um, you know, uh, enjoyable uh, when we, when we've gotten our, our, our sleep. So, uh, that is a great way to close, close the podcast. So I'm going to take it op- the option to do that. I, I want to say a couple of things. First of all, Sarah is, uh, I feel so lucky that you took advantage of this opportunity to write. 
I want to thank you. I also want to thank you. Uh, we alluded to it, or you alluded to it. Um, you were you were a CTTL student research fellow, um, and I love how you lens this work not only through your personal needs and health needs, uh, as well as through uh, the research lens. So uh, loved reading the piece. Um, if you thought yeah. I was crazy to ask you, well, you've certainly set a high bar for future student writers. So thank you. <laughs> I was honored. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity. At St. Andrews, we often end our classes with some form of exit ticket or active retrieval of information that was a focal point of the day's class. We know from mind, brain, and education research that if students don't start recalling or using their learning, they are bound to forget it. So in that research-informed spirit, here is your exit ticket. What is one way that you can add more sleep to your schedule this fall? Tweet your answers to at the CTTL. We look forward to seeing what you come up with. The Think Differently and Deeply podcast is a production of the Center for Transformative Teaching and Learning at St. Andrew's Episcopal School in Potomac, Maryland, where the mission is to know and inspire each child in an inclusive community dedicated to exceptional teaching, learning, and service. This episode was produced and mixed by Kirsten Peterson. Jordan Yance composed our theme music, which we lovingly call The Growth Mindset. If you like what you heard today, please subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and more. And while you're there, leave us a review. This act of reflection will embed what you've learned from this podcast into your long-term memory.